Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we give a voice to the women whose story is meaningful, moving, and compelling. Today's guest is a personal friend of mine. I've known her for a number of years. Uh, we met and fell in love when we both lived in Hawaii, and now we live in California. Nada Marriott, I am so glad to have you here today. I want to talk about your name, because I'll be honest, for years I thought it was Nada, and it's not. So tell me, what does Nada mean? Well, my name actually means hope, and uh, it's a Serbian name, and it actually, it's pronounced Nada, but it doesn't mean nothing. It means hope, and since we live in America where um, Spanish is spoken a lot as well, and nada means nothing, when we first moved to the United States, uh, somebody that was close to our family member, she said, uh, your name is going to be pronounced Nada, and since then, I've always been Nada. Wow, I'd much prefer hope than to nothing. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Uh, and what an, uh, you know, applicable, you know, time to be talking about hope and, and relevant time to be talking about hope considering uh, the corona uh, crisis that we're in. Well, I'm super excited to have you on the show. You're a really talented, brilliant, beautiful, wonderful woman. You've you really touched almost every um, aspect of art uh, in in both, you know, fine arts, applied arts, your your beautiful voice, your ability to paint. I mean, you are the goddess of all things beautiful. So oh <laughs> a lot of pressure there. Um, yeah. So let's learn a little more about you. So why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Well, I was uh, born in Serbia many, many years ago. Um, and uh, when I was 15 years old, my family, we, we decided we need to move to America for a better life. And uh, with a little bit of struggle in Austria, trying to move here and things like that, we finally made it to Chicago. And uh, I was, like I said, I was 15 years old. So moving here, I needed to start high school. I did not speak any English at all, whatsoever. I basically knew, um, uh, I basically knew a couple of words from, um, from Beatles or... <laughs> from the Beatles songs and things like that, but that's it. And um, so I had to uh, go to high school and learn English, and uh, I did that. I graduated in three years, going to summer schools and all that. I was determined to get done. You're one um, of the most determined people I've ever met. <laughs> uh, it, uh, coming to, to the United States, it was a shocker. Coming from Europe uh, to the, to Chicago, what I distinctly remember is that when I was walking to a grocery store, which is normal to do in my former country, there, was no, there were no people walking in the street. It was just cars driving, and I felt so alone. Uh, so I, felt, I really felt that loneliness of, of, not, of a new culture, of not seeing so many people out and about. Uh, so after high school, I went to college and got my degree in music education uh, with a majoring in piano, minoring in organ with concentration on voice and choral conducting. Um, I got married. Um, I had two children. And uh, after one year of teaching, then I got married and had my children. And then I was a mom. 
I was, I was a mom for many, many years until they all went to school. And then I went to look for a job. And it was um, very, it was difficult to find a job because I had no quote unquote experience. Although I had a lot of experience in life and leading and being organizational management person, if you will. Uh, it, was, um, it was kind of disheartening because motherhood and home organization wasn't considered as experience. Which is a shame. I mean, there's so many applicable and transitional uh, skills. And, and frankly, I think moms make that, you know, not to knock those women who are not moms, but I'm saying that mom skills are highly applicable in the workplace. I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I raised two fantastic adults. They are, uh, they are children, they're now adults and living their life. They are responsible. They are all working. Uh, they are loving. They're kind. They care for the community. So I said I raised them because my first husband was there, but he wasn't there in a sense. Gotcha. So that's why I take the ownership of that. Um, but I did, I did find a job uh, teaching, eventually uh, teaching music. And uh, that, that continues to, to be my joy that I was able to, to step into that and uh, teach, teach music in elementary school that I taught in high school. And I taught some general courses in uh, college or college level um, because I just don't know when to stop. <laughs> I think that's a beautiful thing about you. You have a teacher personality. You're very giving and warm and nurturing and you're patient, much more patient than I. Let me ask you this. What has been your proudest professional accomplishment? You know, I was thinking about that. And um, I remember when I was teaching seventh, eighth grade music in Arizona, um, I, had, uh, I had a class or two classes actually, that uh, with the kids that never sang in choirs before. And I started the program and I de developed the program in that school. And I took these kids to a choral competition. And these children were so amazed that they, they were able to participate in something like this because they have never been in a group of people that did the same thing and produced beautiful results. And that taught them that even though they are all different, but working together, they create a beautiful product. And they all speak a different language, if you will, because in music, you have a different voice. Not everybody has the exact same voice, but you put different voices together and you teach them to work together and they create music. And uh, they were very, very proud that they came back with second place. A second place for the group that's never sang together and went to a competition and accomplished that. That was an amazing accomplishment.
And you know what's so beautiful about that story is it wasn't just about you. Somebody else is telling that story as one of their best moments or proudest accomplishments, and that's because you made it happen. So there are other people who feel that this was remarkable, and it's because of you. Uh, so I think that's a beautiful, it's like a story of a gift that keeps on giving. So that's amazing. Well, who along the way has inspired you or been maybe a mentor to you? Uh, it's, um, it was actually my piano, college piano professor. He, his teaching techniques have taught me so much, even more than, than the classes that I took for teaching. Um, his teaching techniques have made me become the teacher that I was, or I am. Um, he's, he is always positive w when I would come in for my piano lesson he would always give me some positive reinforcement. You did this well, and this came out beautiful and all that. Okay, now let's work on what we need to improve. So I always, when I would, when I, I'm a retired teacher now, so when I was teaching, I would always give my students positive reinforcement of wonderful things that they have done. Whether it was in a classroom or private piano lessons that I would teach, and then, I would gently let them know what needs to be improved and how. And that was always welcomed uh, by all the students because I was never um, downgrading them for not doing something correctly. I was always give them positive reinforcement and then, okay, now let's work on it this way to make it even better. So in my work that I do outside of podcasting, I actually teach a lot of leadership skills and um, that is called transformational leadership, where you welcome feedback and you provide feedback in a positive way, but still um, affording the meaningful what needs to change here and that sort of thing. So that's really great that you are one, open to feedback, and then two, learned how to give feedback, because a lot of leaders don't know how to give feedback. And they certainly often, all too often, don't know how to receive it. So um, what a great, great, that's amazing. That's a good lesson, life lesson that can be um, easily translated into the workplace. So let me ask you about promoting women. You know that's my big deal. I'm all about lifting women in business. What's something big or small um, that we can do to support women in business? You are an amazing promoter of women. I am always amazed by you uh, you push you push forward the positives in women and and you show us how to be even better and i really admire that about you being a good listener is the one thing that we all need to uh, hone in on and get better at because when you're a good listener then you know how to offer assistance and I try to listen to women that need assistance and I'm always open to assisting them and helping them out and when I listen to them I can hear what their needs are then I can offer specific uh, assistance I can offer to to if it's a mom I can offer to watch her children if it's she's stressed out. I can't just say, oh, I'm so sorry, I'll think about you. Because that doesn't help anything. Offer specific, specific assistance. So I will be here to listen. 
Yeah, in the business world, that in focusing on women in business, that is probably one of the most powerful pieces of advice. So um, to stay on track with women in business, I would say that listening is the number one leadership skill anyone could ever have. And two, you can't frame a narrative around any kind of solution unless you have first heard that person's challenges or needs or what they're trying to achieve, that sort of thing. So that's a really, really great um, piece of advice for women who want to support other women in business is to learn how to listen, third level listening, really active listening. Um, So I appreciate that. And in keeping that in the professional realm, that certainly does apply with um, leaders at every level. Yes, <clears throat> I uh, absolutely. Uh, sometimes us women need to just scream and yell and scream about something. So one of the one of my friends who is in a business who's a business professional, um, I'm always for I'm always here for her, and and I tell her many times. I said, call me anytime and just scream at me. You're just screaming and just and just you can bitch about it. I will be here to listen. You're not, you're, you're just bitching to me. You're not bitching at me. And so if, if you have something that one, you want to get off your chest, we all need to be there for one another. Um, if somebody needs assistance of finding the, the next person to, to help them with their business, if I'm able to do that, I will absolutely put them together. But if I can't, then, you know, I, then I'm here to listen and offer any advice I can. So the power of connecting people who can help one another, whether it directly relates with you or not, is super, super wonderful. That's a great piece of advice to remember, folks, even if you can't directly solve someone's issue or concern, uh, what, what Nada's saying is to allow them to vent to you where need be. And then in another case, or maybe even the same case, connect them with someone who can solve their problem or better yet, as women often do, prevent the problems. Um, So tell me a little bit about your biggest challenge or setback, and how did you overcome that? (laughs) My biggest challenge was, uh, it happened a few years ago, uh, exactly, probably about 18 years ago, that I was going through a divorce, number one. I was finishing my master's degree, number two. I was, I had to move, uh, relocate to a different uh, a living space. My father was passing away. I had four big stressful points in my life and all at the same time. And that was really, really difficult to get through. And the way I got through it was uh, using the mantra of this too shall pass. This too shall pass one thing after another one will finish then the other and so on and you know what they all passed that's wonderful um that is in your name hope right <laughs> doesn't that speak well to the actual name uh yeah, i heard? think so yeah so um let me ask you this what's something now i have learned a lot about you over the years that i didn't even know for so many of the first few years of our relationship but you are so multifaceted, and I think that women fail to own their story and tell their story in the most colorful ways. 
Um, so now is your chance. I want you to tell us something surprising about you. And I also, before you do that, would like you to mention all the wonderful things that you do. Talk about your artwork, your music, your choral society, um, all the things that you fill your days with that fill your heart with happiness. Well, music always fills my heart with happiness because without music, we have silence. And we have music starting from our heart. Our heart has a beat. And it uh, will always beat as long as we are alive. And as we are alive, we create music. When you walk, you walk in rhythm. When you speak, you speak in musical tones. And that will always be here. And I hope that everyone can take that and use it for their benefit in their business world as well. Because Could we say maybe that music is like another language? Absolutely. A music is a language that's it's a universal language. Everybody speaks the music language. Everybody. I and love that. You know. That's beautiful. I love that. Everybody speaks the language of music. I agree with you. Well, exactly. now tell me, tell me something surprising about you that maybe um, I should have known but didn't or don't. Uh, I wanted to, um, I wanted to tell you this one thing, um, that I always think of, and then I'll tell you a surprising thing. Um, I also, I tell my, uh, my colleagues and my friends, take care of yourself first, or you won't be able to take care of anyone else. And for the longest time, I was a mom first, wife second, and and then me third, until I realized that. And then I became first, and then everything else came through. And so my, the, now to the surprising thing about me. When we were in Hawaii, I uh, got a chance to, to sing backup in a backup choir for Mariah Carey when she was there for a concert. Wow. I know, that was, <laughs> That was, uh, uh, that was a fun experience, a very fun experience. And my, my son, then a teenager, he was, um, he was absolutely in love with Mariah Carey. So I gave him the pass that I had after I was done. So he was able to go down front and, and see her closer than, than way up in the stands at Aloha Stadium. Uh, but that was, that was very, very interesting. And I got a chance to see a different type of a lifestyle in a sense. Um, that's awesome. I love that. Thanks. I don't think I know anybody um, else who can say something like that. That's pretty cool. Now, I, I think she's, you know, I don't know her, obviously, but I think she's supremely talented when it comes to vocals. And to be a part of her group must have been a tough cut. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Yes. We had lots of practice, lots of rehearsals with her choreographers and all that. So that was really interesting. Awesome. So what do I do now? Yes. Um, now I. <laughs> I think. What do you? What not do I not do? Huh? list. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have uh, married a, a, my second husband, a wonderful man who has given me the opportunity to be myself and to explore all my interests without limits. So with that, I was able to pick up photography, which I wanted to do for a very, very long time. 
but was limited for various reasons. And I, I absolutely enjoy taking photos of people and nature and getting, getting the, the photos that represent who people are when I, when I photograph them. Then I always wanted to be an artist. So I never knew what kind, but I wanted to draw, wanted to paint, wanted to do, wanted to play and express my um, artistic abilities with art other than just music. I shouldn't say just, but other than music to include it in, in various forms of art. So I started doing some artwork, abstract art, which is absolutely freeing and amazing. Um, they are so beautiful. I'm putting a piece of your, uh, maybe a few pieces in the blog that I'll write about you. I mean, your work is just breathtaking. It, thank you, honey. It's, it's absolutely amazing to, to see what comes out and, and how some things that I don't particularly like, but other persons like, Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I, I see this, I see this one thing and I don't. But you know, they'll may see a bird, but I may see a tree, and I may see a landscape, and they may see a person. And it's just—it's amazing how everybody sees different things. And I love—I absolutely love that. Love Can that. I comment on that really quickly? Um, in the work that I do, one of the most important messages I share is that the receiver makes meaning of the message, regardless of the sender's intent. And you just said that in the language of art, in the language of visuals, and people speak through visuals these days quite often, which is, you know, why Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, that's all so popular because people speak through visuals. Your artwork sends a message that's received in a way that might be different from one person to the next and even from your intention. So that's a beautiful example of how the receiver makes meaning of the message. Exactly, and it gives me joy to hear all different ways of seeing the different art and translating it into their life and into what they're seeing. Well, tell us quickly, um, I want to make sure that we share how people can reach you. Um, tell us your websites and your email address or however it is that me. We want to see more of your work. We want to hear your, I mean, you're part of a choral society. You are just one of the most talented photographers I've ever met as well. Um, it's just nonstop with you. Thank you, Susan. You're, you're very, very kind. Oh, and let's give a shout out to Greg. I love your husband. And he and I share the same Leo birth date. <laughs> yes. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Probably why you love us and we love you. <laughs> oh, you're so kind. Uh, yes, you both are amazing people. I just admire both of you. You and oh. my husband, just amazing people. Thank um, you. Um, I, I would not, I would, just to be humble, um, for sure, he's far more amazing than I. If, if you know his resume, folks, you would be like, wow. Um, but yeah, the, the best thing he's ever done is marry you, though, I'll say. That was his smartest decision. Oh. Well, I think so, too. <laughs> I love it. Well, how can people reach you? Say it again. How can people reach you if they want to reach I out to you? Yes, uh, my email address is Nada Marriott at iCloud.com. And uh, my website is NadaMarriott.com. So kind of easy to find. Awesome. Uh, Facebook page, just put in my name. 
Awesome. I'll put all this in the blog, folks. So if you didn't have a chance to jot that down, don't worry. It'll be on my website in the blog that I write about Nada. And then I'll sync the link to this podcast in that blog. So those of you who are just listeners, uh, you, you get to hear what we talked about. Those of you who are just readers, you will see everything we talked about and learn a lot more about Nada, including um, through visuals of her work, her photography, her flower art, her um, now, what's that called? Uh, free flowing, the, the, the kind of art you're doing now, the, what's it called? The, um, pouring, pouring, yeah, pouring. It's just amazing. And it's so beautiful. I find it very meditative and very calming. The pouring art. It's almost like a, um, it's like an exhale to me. Yes. Yeah. So folks, I'm excited to share this blog. It'll be up within 48 hours. And Nada, thank you so much for taking time out of your super busy schedule to share a little bit more about you with our audience. You are welcome. It was my pleasure to speak with all of you. Have a good day, everyone.